Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another live episode. I'm doing this at a very, very, uh, different time of the day just because last night I suffered from some very, very heavy insomnia because I was a fool. I had too much caffeine, but you know what? I'm bringing it to you today. I told myself, I said, no, I will not deny my people. So here I am sitting right outside my bedroom. I just saw a storm just come right over this city. Uh, and here, man, I just love seeing rainfall. So guys, uh, just another day, another time to be grateful in my life. But today's not about the weather. Today's not about Bangkok. It's not about me. It's about alcoholism, man, because a lot of people are suffering from it, man. I've found a lot of excerpts in the book that I'm, that of course I'm going to retort out loud. I'll give a little bit of a side story, but I want you guys to sit down and think about this because, again, alcoholism, it's a, it's a nasty one. It's a very nasty one. So here we go. Napoleon Hill. Alcoholism. I apologize. That was my alarm. But a cure for alcoholism is not so easy to come by as education and hygiene. See, alcoholism ranks as the fourth largest health problem in the nation. It follows mental and moral disease. And is one of the highest contributors to those two diseases. See, the economic cost of alcoholism is $25 billion per year. Now, remember, Napoleon Hill wrote this 500,000 years ago, guys. So, if it was $25 billion, well, like, tw like tens of billions back then, it should be in the hundreds of billions already. The greater portion of this is loss of time to industry. Followed by hospital costs and physical damages caused mainly by automobile accidents. But the money lost in negligible compared to the loss of physical, mental, moral health and the loss of life attributable, attributable, I don't even know how to say that, attributable to alcoholism. So, guys, what this entails is saying that, you know, we, it's kind of like the whole Ebola scare, right? The smallpox, to this, to that. Dale Carney, you mentioned it in his book. He's like, you know what? Do you know how many lives a flu claims every year? But we never say, oh, my God, it's the flu. We need to stay away from the flu. But when it comes to alcoholism, do you know how many lives that claims on the streets here in Thailand? Hell, when I just had my insomnia just last night. And I was uh, walking across the street. Now, the thing is, twenty to 25,000 people die on the roads every year here in Thailand. That's the highest percentage in the world. Now, more people die in other countries like China, like 200,000. That's because there are 1.500,000 billion people that live there. But I'm talking about from a perspective where there is only 68 million citizens in this country. And all of these could be prevented just by common sense. Men getting on completely inebriated and getting behind that wheel and crashing into civilians. Hey, you know, nobody wants to address it, though. Nobody wants to address it. Okay, you can put the checkpoints up all you want, but what are you going to do about those uh, checkpoints? Of course, bribes are given. It's a shame. See, an alcoholic, like those people, like everyone we've seen so many times, they had, it's like a mental illness. And it lies dormant until that first drink. And if he doesn't start the habit, liquor, as they would say back in the day, doesn't have the power of attraction for him. If drinks, the affinity is strong, and he will drink to excess. If he drinks to excess, the attraction may become irresistible, or seem so. And when he tries to resist and don't, doesn't succeed, he may believe he cannot be cured. See, guys, anytime I hear depression, anytime I hear about these mental illnesses, it all could be undone. It could. 
It's like recently, just yesterday, like I told you about my insomnia. You know, I didn't have to take, you know, two cups of coffee yesterday, but I did, and I hate coffee. And then after that, I bought another pre-workout, and I'm like, ooh, okay, I want to try this right now at 6 p.m. at night. An amino energy. And next thing you know, 7 p.m. rolled around, 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I said, oh, boy, I can't sleep. Went to the doctor. He said, why the hell would you take two cups of coffee and a fucking amino energy? Are you crazy? Next thing you know, the other mentor, Luke Burroughs, he's like, dude, I'm surprised you're not running around and jumping all over the goddamn building out there. I said, is amino energy like that? I could have killed myself last night, literally, for just not being aware and just not using and harnessing my own energy. So he said, hey, lay off all caffeine for two days. I said, I'm done. You're done. That's it. Five habits to kick. Get all that pre-workout, send that shit somewhere else. We're we're done. I'm not doing that anymore. Because that was scary. See, that could have been an addiction, right? I could be like, no, I can't get rid of uh, the the caffeine and this. I need it for my workouts. I need it for this. I need it for that. No, to hell with that. It's one simple shift in the awareness. How I felt last night, and, you know, just being as terrified as I was, I'm not going to continue doing that. In terms of drinking, you know, some pre-workout or a little bit of caffeine, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hurry up and shut it down. See, that's what, of course, I put the link at the bottom of this blog. It says five strategies for eliminating bad habits. you got a clean house. That's one of them. If you have all that garbage or whatever it is that makes you and influences you to, you know, commit those crimes of, you know, you know, just a bad habit in general, get rid of it. Who are you around that makes you do that? Get rid of them. See what I mean? This all follows a similar trend. So... A lot of people believe that, you know, alcoholism cannot be cured, okay? Anything could be cured. All you have to do is develop the awareness and say, oh my God, be blunt with yourself and say, you know what, this isn't working for me anymore. What happens to excessive drinkers? Napoleon Hill wrote, he said, alcohol is known to alter the brain waves as recorded by the scientific instrument. Known as electro, I can't even say the goddamn word. It has, let's just call it electro. It has... The most potent influence on nerve cell metabolism, which results in slow rhythms and eventual suppression of voltage and brings about a change in the level of consciousness. See, a human body is alive only as long as its subconscious mind functions. It can be kept alive for a long time without the functioning of the conscious mind. There are degrees of consciousness. Sanity! Is that healthy state of mind when the activities of the conscious and the subconscious are in proper balance? And while they work together, it each has its specific duties. Those inhibiting factors. While sometimes it is healthful and wholesome for a person to do things he wants to do, but which are forbidden, judgments and actions should be the result of the conscious or and subconscious working in balance. So what I'm trying to say here is the intellect and other powers of the conscious mind act as a governor to the subconscious mind. That's how it works. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, 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 well it, what I, I still don't understand. Well, listen, just put it this way. Alcoholism is a dread disease. My brother's suffering from it. He doesn't want to. This guy, I remember when I came back from Australia, he's like, dude, I smoke. Uh, you said I drink five times, five times a week. And I said, what are you doing drinking that many times a week? And what are you trying to accomplish? And, and, you know, he went on to say a couple of other things, but I'm like, listen, you're going down a well-worn path that a lot of American men go down. And you know what? I see all these documentaries. I remember there's a documentary of this Mexican-American woman. She said she's buzzed by 9 a.m. 
going to work. Drinking over and over and over. A lot of people are like, well, you know what? Okay, I want to ditch it. Well, next, you know, you start going through withdrawals. What is it that you're not going to see anymore if you continue to drink it? You're not going to see your father anymore, your mother anymore, your son anymore, your daughter anymore, any of those things. And so if you allow this control to control your life or if this controls a person's life, it can render that person physically, mentally, ment- uh, you know, just they can become mentally ill. And send them into a living hell. And so, there is a cure. What's the cure? Well, of course, stop drinking. For the alcoholic, this is more easily said than done. Right? The important thing is that it can be done. You can do it. He can do it. She can do it. When you develop that attitude, you don't give up trying because you have previously failed or because you know of cases where others have failed. You can be motivated in receiving hope. From the successful experiences. A baby learning walking. Learn, you know, learning to walk isn't criticized for falling, right? After taking those first three steps and falling, then of course we go by, you know, we go so far as say, man, stop walking, god damn it. You keep falling, keep falling, you keep falling. Is the baby gonna stop walking? Nope. So putting together that conscious effort to kick one of the most deadliest habits in all of the world. Hey, it's going to take a great deal of courage. You know, I, of course, I've never had any sort of addictions. Like I said, I freak, I hate beer so much. You know, like a lot of you out there, okay, yeah, I drink beer, I drink beer. That's completely fine. No problem. A lot of people and a lot of doctors suggest that if you drink beer or wine or anything in moderation, it'll help you. Red wine's actually very good for the heart. But am I one of those people that come home and say, oh, man, I'm going to grab a beer and sit down and drink? I No, Mm-mm. that's special occasions only. First and foremost, I don't like alcohol. The only alcohol I somewhat enjoy is called American honey. And I'm not going to buy a big bottle of that it, uh, because I just don't want to. I'm bored. I don't give a damn about that. But that's easy for me to say. What about the people who are on, who are on the other end and the receiving end trying to find that guidance to get out of it? See, that's the most difficult part. So what I would suggest, there are some things on my blog, okay? Five, uh, five ways to eliminate bad habits. But getting rid of all that alcohol, like, you need to ask yourself those questions. Who are you prone to be around whereas you do these particular bad habits? You know, is John always going out? Every time you go out with John, does he always buy you a beer? Okay, well, it's time to kick John. All the things that surround you that triggers, they're called triggers. Whatever triggers you, you got to get rid of those triggers first. It's in your environment. It could be anything. It could be looking at this. It could be, you know, something in your bedroom. It could be, you know, the smell of something. It could be, you know, an image. It could be anything around you. You don't know it, but you're going to have to identify these triggers. So, guys, you can click that bog on, of course, this episode on the ArsenioBuckShow.com. And, guys... As always, so grateful. I was supposed to do the Q&A with Selena today, but of course, I was an insomniac today. So there was no way I was going to be able to do that, or I would have literally fallen apart during the entire ordeal. (sighs) So, what I'm probably going to do right now is cancel class. uh, (laughs) Because it's raining like hell, and I'd rather just stay home all day and sleep. So anyways, guys, again, stay tuned for my next podcast. I'm hoping to bring Selena on very soon, and... We got Forbes Riley. She's coming. She's so, oh my God, this is going to be one of the best podcasts ever because she is just as full of energy as I am. So guys, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful.
And as always, you guys, if you have any questions, big shout out to La Paz, Bolivia. I see you guys listening to me. Folks always, of course, in America, England, Australia. You guys finally listen to me a lot. And it's not just one city. It's like multiple cities. So shout out to my Aussies. Shout out to my wonderful Brits. Shout out to my wonderful Americans. Guys, I'm bringing to you as much content as you can take with you and think about throughout this day. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, over and out.